What are we discussing on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast? Have to start with the cherry on top of the offseason, Randall Gritchick signing with the Arizona Dimebacks. And then we're going to discuss things that I learned from the D-backs MVP party this weekend. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. We're approaching 1,000 subscribers. Want to hit it by opening day, so please hit subscribe. Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. Now for today's show, I went to the MVP party for the D-backs this past weekend. I want to talk about things I learned from that event. I want to talk about the Randall Gritchick signing to Arizona. What kind of impact is he going to make this upcoming season? But before we get to all that, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now let's get into the podcast and let's talk about the D-backs cherry on top of the perfect offseason. That was the D-backs front office of Mike Hazen signing Randall Gritchick to come over and be the other half of the DH with Jock Peterson. He's getting like a couple million dollars guaranteed for this season with the mutual option for next year. Very, very good value contract for a guy that could be a good value player for the D-backs this season. I think the Gritchick signing is going to be one of those under-the-radar moves, right? When you think about all the big moves from this offseason, you're going to talk about the Juan Soto trade, and you're going to talk about wherever Blake Snell ends up and wherever Cody Bellinger ends up and some of the bigger transactions that we see in this offseason, right? Otani, Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now. But moves like the Randall, like the Randall Gritchick signing are the kind of acquisitions that help you out when you're in the postseason, when you need those supplementary pieces to come through in those big moments. Gritchick is the kind of guy to do that. You, of course, need stars in every sport to win, but you also need those complementary pieces to win. And Gritchick is the perfect guy that's on the margins that could definitely help the D-backs this upcoming season because he is someone that does have a skill set that is valuable to a major league ball club. With Gritchick and Jog Peterson now in the mix, the D-backs have themselves basically a perfect two-headed DH that can crush from both sides of the plate. Jock Peterson is going to be someone that goes against right-handed pitchers as a lefty bat, and Gritchick as a righty is going to go against mostly left-handed pitchers. And now 
whether it's a righty on the mound or a lefty on the mound, the D-backs can go seven deep with their lineup. You're going to have Marte, Carroll, Gurriel, Walker, Suarez, Moreno, then either Peterson or Gritchick with a Perdomo, with an Alec Thomas, maybe a Lawler switches in one of those days instead of a, a instead of a Geraldo Perdomo. Like this D-backs lineup is now deep. I probably forgot someone just now when going through that lineup, but the D-backs legitimately have six, seven, eight guys that you feel really good about. And potentially even more if a guy like Geraldo Perdomo has another not all-star season, but can replicate what he did this past year. Valak Thomas takes a step forward. Like, there's even more to what this D-backs lineup ceiling can be than the pieces on paper as it currently stands. And with Gritchick and Jock Peterson now in the mix, the D-backs have themselves a really good two-headed monster at that DH position. Like I said, Gritchick, very good skill set, and it mostly comes against those left-handed pitchers because Gritchick is basically your power platoon guy like he's a super platoon player just like what jock peterson is going to be gritchick last season against the left-handed pitchers 328 average 388 op and a 607 slugging he was basically shohei otani against left-handed pitchers in 2023 and for his career 822 ops against lefties gritchick is someone that has always Really done a good job against left-handed pitchers throughout his career. And then Jock Peterson, vice versa, really good against righties throughout his career. Last season, numbers kind of dipped overall. Like he had a 600 OPS against lefties and against righties. Jock Peterson was 786. So still definitely better against righties than lefties. But in 2022 with the Giants, he had an 894 OPS against left-handed or against right-handed pitchers. So for Jack Peterson, you want him to get back to those 2022 numbers where he put up that near 900 OPS against right-handed pitchers. And Peterson, for his career, 834 OPS against righties. So that two-headed combination could be really, really impactful for the D-backs this season if they both... If both of those guys basically put up their career averages in those platoon situations, then the D-backs are essentially giving themselves an all-star level DH. Like if Jock just does what he does normally against righties and then Gritchick does the same thing, vice versa, like you might get a DH that posts 25 to 30 home runs and 800-plus OPS and a WRC plus over 100. Like the D-backs might have themselves a star DH when you combine the stats of both a Gritchick and a Jock Peterson for what those two are going to give you from that position this season. Gritchick quietly has sneaky power. We already know Jock Peterson has the power. We've gone through the Jock Peterson profile before on previous podcasts. Gritchick also has sneaky power. 520 home run seasons under his belt, including a 30 home run season. You look at the hard contact stats for his career. Very good stuff. When you look at exit velocity and hard hit percentage, all really good stuff for Randall Gritchick. If you had to have... Some concerns for Grichik, I think, comes down to three things. His health, his career at Chase Field, and his defensive slippage. Grichik is currently coming off a surgery to remove bone spurs in his ankle. Hopefully, that doesn't linger all season. It does seem like he's going to be ready by opening day, but the D-backs have enough depth. 
get Grichik 100% healthy before he plays. And of course, he's going to be mostly DH, so don't even have to worry about him playing the field to start the season. That's concern number one, and I'm not really that concerned about it. Concern number two, he has a below 600 career OPS at Chase Field. Not very good, but again, small sample size. Has only played like 21 games at Chase Field in his career. Not too worried about that. And then finally, the defensive slippage. Before last season, Grichik got hernia surgery, and he believes that kind of lingered all season. He missed the first month of games, and he thinks the, and he thinks the surgery is partly to blame for why his defense slipped this past year. So with a fully, I mean, he's, of course, dealing with the bone spur issue, but not having the hernia surgery, hopefully he's fully healthy by the start of the year. I think Grichik should be better defensively for the D-backs this season, a guy who... We look at his career numbers, has always graded above average from a defensive standpoint. So hopefully a better health situation for Gritchick leads to better defensive numbers this upcoming season. But at the very least, for the role that he's being asked to do for the D-backs, I think he will thrive in 2024. Mike Hazen has done everything we could have wanted from him this offseason. And I wouldn't even be shocked if he wasn't done yet. I mean, maybe there's still another reliever along the way. Uh, I'm pretty confident there's no more big splash signings. I don't think he's going to make any more major additions to the lineup. But regardless, if Grichik is the last signing of the off uh, offseason for Mike Hazen and this D-backs front office, A-plus job by Mike Hazen this offseason. Now, we'll talk about things that I learned from this past D-backs MVP party this weekend because I learned some very, a lot of it's like fun tidbits and facts about the team. So we'll talk about that in segments number two and number three. But before we get into that conversation, I first want to talk to you guys about FanDuel Sportsbook because if you want to place a little futures bet on the D-backs in 2024, there's no better place to do that. Then FanDuel, because get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live stadium game parlays, exclusive props, and more. My favorite thing to do is the same game parlay. Whenever the Lakers are playing, I take 80 over in points, 80 over in rebounds, and the Lakers' money line. It doesn't always hit, but it has been hitting more recently, and I love seeing that direct deposit hit my account. And if you want to see the direct deposit hit your account, just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get back to the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. If you like the show, please follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 Creator for my personal account or look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. But now let's talk about some fun things that I learned from the D-backs MVP part of this past weekend. It was basically a fan fest for season ticket members. They had a whole bunch of players there doing like mini Q&A with the fans and answering questions from the moderators there. You had people doing wiffle ball games and fly ball contests. Just a really good vibe overall. And 
listening in on everything that the players had to say during their mini little presser that they were doing with the fans. I learned a lot of fun facts at my time at the MVP party this weekend. So we're going we're going to go through some of the things I learned this past weekend. A lot of it not super serious to the impending season, but just fun stuff that you can learn a little bit more about these players. Number one, Dre Jameson, apparently the fastest player on this team. That rumor has circulated before in the past, and again, it was confirmed at the MVP party this past weekend because they were asking Corbin Carroll and the faster players on the team who is the fastest player, and a guy like Paven Smith said Corbin Carroll. When Corbin Carroll's ass, he had to give some love to Dre Jameson, the pitcher. He's apparently a freak athlete. If you go on uh, the internet and Google search Dre Jameson, Corbin Carroll race, apparently Dre Jameson in the past has smoked Corbin Carroll in foot races. So Dre Jameson, if you didn't know already, fastest player on the D-backs. The team also believes the players... It was kind of a consensus that they think Christian Walker has the most pop on the team, the most power. But someone that disagrees with that statement, Eugenio Suarez. I just think it would be fun to see a little Eugenio Suarez, Christian Walker, maybe a little friendly wager on who hits more home runs this past season, or not this past season, this upcoming season. Both of those guys got major power. And to be honest, when doing the research of who has more pop between Suarez or Christian Walker, according to StatCast, it seems like Suarez has more consistent pop, more exit velocity, a higher exit velocity average, higher hard hit percentage. But when you look at the max exit velocity, it seems like Christian Walker has a higher ceiling with his pop. It seems like his bar goes farther. So if you're talking about who has the most high high end raw strength, then the answer is probably Christian Walker, but who has like the most repeatable, consistent power, then the answer is probably Gino Suarez. So you really get to pick your poison there um, as a player or as a fan of who you think has more power. Guriel, he said he didn't want to make the fans jealous, but he apparently has the best views of Alec Thomas's catches in the house, and that is a true statement. Lords Guriel out in left field just... I mean, how many times does he run over to track the ball? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to get there. And then you see Alec Thomas full out sprint, somehow make the play center field, left center. Lords Guriel definitely has the best seat of Alec Thomas in the house. And I am jealous of Lords Guriel for that because imagine being where he is, being an athlete and being like, you know what? I have to try and go get this. And then as you're running to go get the ball, you're like, I have no chance. This ball's definitely over the fence, against the wall, in the gap, and then you see your teammate Alec Thomas running over and make these spectacular catches, jumping the air, diving out, full extension. So I can only imagine what goes through Lourdes Guriel, Lourdes Guriel's head as an athlete when he first thinks he can get to the ball and then that realization, like, actually, I don't think there's anyone that could get to this ball. But instead, the only person who can get to the ball is an Alec Thomas. So I would love to see... One of those insane Thomas catches from the perspective of a Lords Guriel. Very jealous of him for that. Also, Lords Guriel update. He has changed his hair color, not just straight up purple anymore. At the MVP party, he was rocking a half and half look, both lime green and purple. I think this would be a great fan duel prop bet. What color would Lords Guriel hair? What color is Lords Guriel hair going to be on opening day? 
at the MVP party. It was half green. It was half purple. Will it be that on opening day? I think that would be a fun prop bet for FanDuel to put up, but I unfortunately don't think they care enough. This one I also thought was kind of interesting because they had all the members of the of the quartet that hit the four home runs against the LA Dodgers. And when Gerardo Perdomo was talking about that moment, he said he was more excited when Gabriel Moreno hit the fourth one of the inning than when he hit the first one to start off the rally because when Moreno hit that fourth one, that's when you knew it was something. That's when he knew something magical was happening. That's when he knew something historic was happening. I just thought that was really cool insight because to be a part of that four home run inning to be a part of history like that to get it started when you're Jerry and to actually be more happy for your teammate who capped off the rally with the fourth home run of the inning I just thought that was very good insight all the players were super happy to be there I got some more fun things I learned that I want to talk to you guys about in segment number three but very cool to see all the players there it wasn't the full team but we saw the newbies with Jock Peterson but Eugenio Suarez, we saw all the stars. Corbin Carroll was there. Ketel Marte was there. Moreno, Lords Gurriel, Zach Gallen spoke. Brandon Fott. The whole rotation was there. I mean, Merrill Kelly, Erod. So I'm definitely forgetting a couple players as well. But all the core pieces of the D-backs essentially spoke with the team. Or not with the team. In front of players at the team's MVP party this past weekend. Really cool experience. And there's a few more things that I learned that I want to talk to you guys about in segment number three. But I first want to talk to you guys about eBay Motors. Let me pull up my little ad overlay for the YouTube audience because... Passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. And let's wrap it up with a few more things I learned from the D-backs MVP party this past weekend. Shout out to the D-backs and shout out to Hunter at the D-backs who was able to hook it up with this incredible experience, was able to go on the field and just see and hear from all the players. Really gratifying experience. So thank you for letting me be there this past weekend. Now, some other things that I did learn from the MVP party was Corbin Carroll, his favorite moment last year, celebrating in Philadelphia after that game seven. He loved celebrating in Philly, like I'm sure the rest of this team, because I think even for D-backs fans, going and winning game seven was probably more fun than going to the World Series because that game seven against Philadelphia, I think that moment, I think D-backs fans were more happy 
with the fact that we beat Philly in a Game 7 in Philadelphia than the fact that we were going to the World Series that day because Philadelphia, I mean, the fans talked so much crap and trash and they tried to belittle D-backs fans and D-backs nation. They tried to make us feel like we're not a real franchise and try to act like we were just something in the road on their way to another World Series. Like I felt like we were discounting that series. I felt like the media didn't have any faith in the in, in the D-backs at that time. I felt like everyone, the whole world, the Phillies, no one was treating the D-backs with any sort of respect, especially going back to Philadelphia. No one thought it was possible for the D-backs to do what they did. Even after Game 6 in Philadelphia, winning that game, still no one thought we were going to be able to do it in back-to-back games, especially in a Game 7, and the D-backs were able to get it done. Corbin Carroll, it was his favorite moment last year. I'm pretty sure it was every D-backs fans and players' favorite moment as well, going to Philadelphia and just wiping the face and the smirks off every player and fan and manager in the building that day. So Corbin Carroll, your favorite moment was also everybody else's favorite moment, beating Philadelphia in Philly. Eugenio Suarez, very happy to get the call that he was traded to the D-backs. Says it makes him closer to his family, and he was really excited by the prospect of playing for a winner. The Mariners had a very good season a couple years ago, and then last year didn't meet expectations, and now this past offseason, they traded off a bunch of their good guys. Salary dumped a couple dudes. They did trade for Jorge Polanco, but just very confused with the Mariners offseason, trading away Suarez, trading away Kalenic, trading away Robbie Ray. I don't know what the plan is for the Seattle Mariners, but I'm glad that they salary dumped Eugenio Suarez to the D-backs. Evan Longoria was supposed to be the answer last year. He was not. Suarez, definitely not the same guy as he was in 2019 where he smashed nearly 50 home runs. Maybe he's not even the guy from a couple years ago that smashed 30-plus home runs. But if he... Strikes out 190 times, but has an 800 OPS with 30 home runs and 80 plus RBIs. Like, I'll take him leading the league in strikeouts if he also has a monster power output season. I expect Mark Reynolds vibes from Eugenio Suarez this upcoming season. Zach Allen put his stamp on it. He says if he's more consistent, he will win the Cy Young. I think we all agree with him. He said that second half of the season last year, he struggled. He doesn't know why, but he's going to figure it out. And if he says he says if he's more consistent, he will definitely win the Cy Young. And I think we all agree with that. Zach Allen has Cy Young talent. I think he would have won the Cy Young this past season. But like we all saw, the last three-fourths of the year, Something just happened to Zach Allen. He just wasn't the same guy. And because of that, he faltered and fell out of the Cy Young race. Meanwhile, Blake Snell just kept getting better as the season went on. And for Gallon, I definitely think a Cy Young is coming in the near future for him. He is in the middle of his prime, 28 years old. You look at his career, ERA, season by season at least. 281 as a rookie, then 275, 4.3 outlier, then 254, 347. Zach Gallon is usually a guy that sits between 27 and 34 in terms of ERA. Low whip as always, low hits per nine, good strikeout numbers, workhorse as well. Zach Gallon can do it all, and I think a Cy Young is definitely coming for him sooner rather than later. Paul Seawald said, 
the postseason pressure definitely got to him in 2022. If you look at Paul Seawalt's stats from a couple seasons ago, who's not very good for the Mariners in the postseason in 2022, and he thought 2023 was the perfect way to exercise his postseason demons, and that's what he was able to do with the D-backs this past season, which makes us feel really good because the D-backs have been looking for their closer problem, you know, looking for their answer to their closer problems for a while now, and Paul Sewald looks like he's going to be the answer to the D-backs problems, is going to be the closer for the full season this year. 2022, he was really bad. Six earned runs in like 3.1 innings pitch. But this past postseason for the D-backs, outside the World Series, he was really electric those first three rounds. Didn't give up any earned runs at all. And the 1-2 combination of him and Kevin, of him and Ginkle, absolutely shut down. So very excited for a full season of Paul Seawald. Glad to see that he got over those postseason demons with what he was able to do in 2023. I'm very confident if we get to the postseason again, Paul Seawald will dominate whoever he faces in the 2024 postseason. And maybe it's the LA Dodgers because Paul Seawald was asked what he thought about the new Dodgers lineup. And this was the final question of the D-backs MVP party. So this was the final answer we heard. And it was a mic drop moment. Because when Seawald was asked what he thinks about the new Dodgers lineup, he said, they won 100 games last year and no more than that. Mic drop. In case you don't get it, he's saying they won 100 regular season games last year, and when they got to the postseason, we swept them bad boys because the only bad boys around was the D-backs. The Dodgers were just bad in the postseason, and Paul Seawalt is not afraid of them at all, and we'll see what happens in this year's postseason if we square off against the LA Dodgers again. Of course, they are loaded with talent, but so are the D-backs for the first time in a long time, and I think they could go pound for pound against the Dodgers in a postseason setting. Then the final thing that I learned from the MVP party this past weekend is there were a lot of young girls there. Not to be taken out of context, but I just love seeing the next generation of baseball, right? All the youngsters, all the kids, and there was a lot of young girls at the MVP party taking part in the wolf ball games, doing the fly ball contest. And I got to tell you, every time I watch those wolf ball games with the kids, it was the girls who seemed to have the better, more fluid swings. It was the girls who seemed to crush the ball a lot more than the young lads that were there. So the next generation of baseball stars might be more women than men because the young girls I saw at the MVP party were killing all the young lads. So maybe the young lads need to get back in the lab because the girls were crushing them at the event this past weekend. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.